0: Mr. Go away. Hey guys, and welcome back to Talking with Shadows, the conversation everyone has, but no one wants to admit to with your host Vic Whaley and Marcus D. And today we're going to be talking about barking aliens and getting busy on an intergalactic level. But first, let's give our tip of how to not get black bagged. Okay, today's black bag tip is strip down naked, cover yourself with grease. Let them try to wrestle you. Run around, scream. By the time they get a hold of you, you've drawn the attention of other people and they're probably calling the cops because, well, there's a naked, greased up guy running around. Yeah, I mean, when you, when you think about all the stuff with the
1: paranormal that... That we do all day long, and you talk about some of the stuff that we tend to talk to. You got to think about this kind of stuff, guys. You got to think, how do we not get black backed by the government?
0: Also, happy New Year's, you guys. I'm sure it's not New Year's where, whenever this is going up, but yeah. it is <laughs> New Year's
1: uh, Eve right now. Yeah, whenever we're recording. So we hope you guys have a good New Year's, and we hope that you guys get uh, your news resolutions uh, ready for this year. Vic, what's your, what's your New Year's resolution?
0: Oh, goodness. Uh... Get back on my diet, probably.
1: He needs to. I'm telling you're you, you're know. one to talk. I first, first of all,
0: you, you, I, I am one to talk. I know. And you carry, you carry all your fat in your head too. It's like, it's where his body's not bad, but like it's, it's all up in his face. It's like a, it's like an orange on <laughs> a toothpick. I can't, I can't even. Like, I had to get our
1: boom mic though, by the way, to keep it from vibrating with how much Vic like actually shakes the house whenever he actually like walks around and talks. <laughs> blah,
0: blah, blah.
1: Uh but uh, we hope you guys are having a good uh, New Year's and, and we're really, really happy. Sorry we couldn't get an episode out to you guys earlier with the holidays and all that, but we're back in the studio now to put out some content for you guys. And uh, today we thought it would be really cool uh, to get into some topics on UFOs and aliens. I don't think that we've done that quite a lot so far in the podcast. Not a whole lot. Yeah, so this we thought this would be super cool and we wanted to talk about an alien abduction story. Um, but before we fully get into that, I have to talk to you guys about this really cool article that I came across, uh, before this episode, I was just scrolling through some news articles and I saw this cool article that was talking about NASA Buying semi assault rifle, like semi automatic assault rifles. Wait, are you
0: just now catching on to that? Because like I think that articles from like June.
1: <laughs> I don't know why I didn't see this before. I'm like, in some of this stuff, and I'm like, this is so weird. Why is NASA buying assault rifles? Yeah,
0: I think they're specialized AR-15s. Is this
1: is this something for like the space force that that that's coming on right now here in the U.S.?
0: If I was gonna take a guess, it might be for special defense. I'm I'm not an expert on how assault rifles work in space, but I'm gonna guess the answer is not great. I can't I can't imagine that that would be an effective tool like up in
1: space. I think even when, like when the Russians designed their own like guns that they use, like they were like a special like pistol that they were that they were using up there.
0: Like think about what the
1: kickback would be like. <laughs> you you shoot it like once and you're floating away (laughs) just forever floating through space after you find your cut. whatever you
0: thought you saw up in space and also see this causing like an international like or sorry intergalactic incident like you know (laughs) you fire off some bullets and then eight thousand years later they collide with someone (laughs) on another planet and finally hit somebody because if you fire
1: like a bullet in space it's not going to stop it's just going to keep going
0: but I guess the, they'd have to have, like, a thin atmosphere, because I guess, like, any, like, shell you shoot would just, like, burn up in an atmosphere or something. Oh, gosh. But watch, like, the metal be made up, be poisonous there <laughs> or something.
1: We're driving around in space, and that's, like, something you got to watch out it, for in space. And <laughs> space, it, like, oh, look up, bullets. <laughs> Intergalactic <laughs> drive-by. <laughs> just, you're walking through, like, a whole, like, cloud of bullets, and they're like, all right, turn on your bullet wipers.
0: <laughs> so what do you think they're actually using them for? I you know it's it's
1: weird when I when I looked into this I I, I found out that NASA actually has like private security forces like they just have like a private security contract force that like watches most of their bases and I thought that was kind of weird that you know the United States government uses private security rather than like soldiers
0: Do you think it's a bottom line thing or do you think it's to like keep shady stuff secret mm, pr- Probably both
1: I I think I think NASA is a is a company that has to think about, like, the bottom dollar, like, probably more than most yeah. places, you know, more than, more than most companies. So, I think some is probably for
0: for that. Like, don't they have their, like, own personal, like, hostage negotiators, too, just, yes, like, they assigned do. to NASA? That's weird. It's They have their own, like,
1: SWAT team, too, like, their own rapid response team. And
0: can you think of any real incidences that would, like, that spark this? I can't think of any, but I can imagine why they might want that. Like, so if, you know, a foreign agency kidnaps a NASA scientist, they don't have to wait for a hostage negotiator to get there. They just kind of jump right in. Also, they'd probably be familiar with the people who work there and stuff. But it's it's all privatized. Like, it's all privatized. Oh, let me throw out a different possibility. What if someone kidnaps them and then the hostage negotiator is specialized at making sure, like, the they don't spill things. Or that if they're going to, they screw it up enough that they get killed before it happens. But I
1: but I would think that still the United States government, when how much you know that they want to keep some stuff secret, that they would have just their own special teams dedicated to stuff like this. I mean that just that has to be at the
0: forefront of their mind. I'm thinking as far as the guns go, I don't think that they're using it for anything up like up in space or anything like that. It'd have to be Like, for the defense of their area. But, like, what, what are they so worried about defending against that they need, like, a bunch of AR-15s? <laughs> uh, also, I did look up the specs on the AR-15, and a fun fact, and I think they're trying to teach us something here. The um, The clips on the uh, on the guns are painted flat black earth. Bum, bum, bum. So, therefore confirmed... Earth is flat. That's right.
1: Earth is flat. The sun is a lie. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> earth is flat. The sun's a lie. Uh, read more magazines. That, that must be. That must be what they're going for.
1: That's NASA secretly trying to tell us that the world is flat. Uh, so, what what are they worried about? They're worried about like maybe a terrorist attack. You think? I think it's it's probably a. It's like a lot of companies. They're they're updating their their security teams in order to be able to respond to probably major crises like but
0: this. But don't they already have outside firms taking care of that? Again, that's that's
1: why I just find this odd. I mean, again, it's a department of, like, the government. They should have their own people internally to handle this sort of thing. Like,
0: I... Also, didn't their budget just get cut that, earlier this year, too? Mm-hmm. So their budget's getting cut, but they're still thinking, you know what, we need a budget AR-15s, even though we're running on a shoestring budget. Yeah. I don't know, like... Maybe they're expecting some sort of terrestrial bait threat. Maybe the aliens from Dulcie are finally burrowing their way to Houston and they're going to pop up and they're going to get him. They're going to get him, Marcus. <laughs> and, they're, 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 and they have to be prepared for when these things pop out. Like, I, truthfully, I don't have a solid answer on why they need a whole bunch of AR 15s. Neither. But it's something to chew on. if you guys have any ideas,
1: like... <laughs> yeah, leave it in let, the comments below. Let, let us know what you guys think that NASA would need a private security force with AR-15s and hostage negotiators and <laughs> SWAT teams and canine units. Wait, they have canine they units? They have canine units. They have their own canine units as well.
0: I'm just imagining cute dogs in, like, astronaut outfits now and, like, <laughs> a bomb-disposal chihuahua and... <laughs> A wisecracking St. Bernard. Oh yeah, in, in my in my imagining of this, they can talk. I really just think that you just
1: disclose, like, next season of Paw Patrol. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like,
1: these are the newest characters on Paw Patrol. Partly the Saint, the wisecracking St. Bernard with an AR-15 that works for NASA.
0: And, oh. and Chippy, the astronaut hostage negotiator <laughs> uh, okay b- before we move on and i am going to get into our actual stuff but i have to ask have you actually watched paw patrol i have po- watched paw patrol i do watch but pa- it gives me unrealistic expectations of
1: my dog <laughs> like i watch paw patrol and i look at my dog and i'm like why don't you get a job I can't
0: I can't even get a job at the door greeter at walmart <laughs> and i i have not actually ever seen paw patrol i'm familiar with the concept i guess but i've not actually ever watched yeah. it so what why? Why are you watching Paw Patrol? Because I have nieces and nephews that watch
1: Paw Patrol. But
0: you, you made it sound more like you keep up to date with it. Because well, I asked I, I ask if you've seen it, and you're like, yeah, I watch it. Yeah, I'm trying to be the cool <laughs> uncle that knows about these sorts of things,
1: okay? I'm trying to get ahead of, like, my sisters and stuff when they're buying their gifts and stuff. Like, yeah, of course I know all about Chase and Rumble and Marshall and all that. Do you seriously know all the
0: characters? <laughs> yes, I know all the characters to Paw Patrol. <laughs> okay, uh... So it tells me there's a little more to. You're just watching it for your nieces and nephews. I'm trying to watch it.
1: It will give you unrealistic expectations of your dog, and as well, also have a
0: healthy uh, distrust of humans. Okay, before before we get into the paranormal, one more watch watch his uh, suggestion. <laughs> Watch The Witcher on Netflix. Seriously, guys, it's freaking great. I absolutely love it. I'm addicted and I'm telling everybody about it. It's it's it's
1: like watching the game. It's like watching a very long cutscene in the Witcher game, probably.
0: Yeah, it's it's actually one of the only times I've seen them really hundred percent get a complex character absolutely right. Like absolutely right. But enough enough gushing on that. Let's let's get into our topic. Yeah, yeah, we gotta go this. So we wanted
1: to do uh, like an alien abduction start, something that was really cool and I, I really wanted to talk about this guy that I found. His name was, and again, I'm probably getting the name wrong. Antonio Villas Boas. So his abduction story is really cool. It's really neat, and and there's a lot to break down in this story. So the story goes is like on October 16th, 1975, he's like in his early 20s, and he's in out in his fields in Brazil uh, doing farm work and he's out late at night and he's out there at night because it's better for him to do farm work at night so that it's not too hot and he's out there by himself. And while he's out there and he's farming, he's plowing his fields, all of a sudden he sees this bright red light in the st- guy. Like he, like he saw a bright red star in the sky and it was shining. And he keeps staring at it and then it gets bigger and bigger and then he realizes that it's moving. And as it's getting closer, he starts realizing that the light is actually on a spaceship. And he described it kind of like your typical UFO-style thing that you think of, where it's like it's like a it's egg-shaped with a dome on top, and the dome is rotating, and it lands, and these three prongs come out, and this is when he decides to freak out. Now, when it's landing, this is this is the moment when finally shock is done. And he's like, "Oh crap, the situation is bad. I need a GTFO." And, like, something straight out of, uh, you know, Grand Theft John Deere, he jumps <laughs> his tractor, and he just starts hauling it at probably a good 15 miles an hour
0: trying to get away on his tractor. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, you know, his
1: 1950s tractor, and his tractor breaks down while he's trying to get away. And it breaks down, and then he takes off on foot. And while he's running on foot, he actually gets caught by one of these beings that comes out of the spaceship. And he describes him as wearing this gray coverall with this metal-like helmet. And three of them pop out and they chase him down, run him down, and they start dragging him onto the ship. And while they're dragging him, he thinks they're talking to him, or they're not—maybe to each other. They're not quite sure, but they don't talk like like me and you talk. They talk in like in this barking sound, like dogs, or maybe chirping or yelping sounds. So, kind of like Paw Pals? Maybe kind of like Paw Patrol.
0: Oh, Paw Patrol, sorry. <laughs> Paw,
1: Paw Pals. <laughs> and they they drag him on, and it's this awful experience. He gets dragged onto the ship, and they take him to this room, and they take off all of his clothes. And they drag him to this one room, and they they put him in this room, and they start taking blood from his face. Like, they hook him up with these machines, it starts taking blood samples and stuff from his face. And then they drag him to another room, and they, and they cover him with this gel-like substance. And they throw him into this room, and he's left in this room for, like, 30 minutes. And while he's left in this room, all of a sudden this gas starts seeping in. I couldn't even imagine the terror that's probably going through this dude's head right now. Like, oh, I did
0: assume I was about to die. Yeah,
1: like, you're, like, something is gonna happen. Like, you're on this alien ship, covered in alien goo, and they start pumping this gas in. Now, after they start pumping the gas in, he starts feeling, like, violently ill and nauseous. And... After that his demeanor seems to change and he seems to calm down and after he calms down while in this room Another alien comes in the room except this one. He describes as female very attractive with blonde hair and these blue cat-like eyes and Let's just say they start um, Doing a scene I would say from the uh, prequel to species. Maybe I don't know bumping beautifuls. <laughs> yes, they they do one of those <laughs> After the magic, I know we're being immature.
0: They, they did it, guys. They yeah. did. It. They banged. They screwed. However you want to say it, they, yeah. they did it. Yeah. And on all of its awkward weirdness,
1: they did it. And after it's over, apparently, like the woman alien like rubs her stomach and like points to the sky, and he's getting like this feeling that that the whole thing was to create some sort of like interspecies thing, and it's gonna and their child's gonna be raised in space. And suddenly, after that, all of a sudden, he's calm. Can't imagine why. Um, and he gets a tour of the ship. And after he gets a tour of the ship, he attempts to steal some sort of clock device as evidence of what happened. He says, "And but he gets caught, and they just throw him off the ship." Fine. Oh, <laughs> I, I know.
0: To steal I know, I know. He, would,
1: he was rude and tried to steal something, and these these <laughs> aliens were horribly mortified by his behavior and just kicked him off the ship. And they take off, and he never sees them again. And after the encounter, he 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 doesn't tell anybody. For, he doesn't tell anybody right away for what happens. But after a while, he ends up coming down with uh, these weird symptoms. Like he starts getting like real bad headaches, and he starts developing these les- like these lesions all over his body. So he reaches out. To uh, he reaches out to some like ufologists and some journalists to try to tell a story, and they link him up with uh, like getting like him checked out and all that, and he's diagnosed as having really bad radiation poisoning. And he never changes his story throughout his entire life. Like he 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 lives to be like I'm thinking he's late fifties. He goes on to be a lawyer and have his own kids, and and he never changes his story his entire life. Which seems like that would be kind of hard with
0: having a profession like lawyer.
1: Yeah, I know. Like, it seems really weird. If you would have such a traumatic experience, you could go on to having, like, this kind of a prestigious profession.
0: Well, some people just channel things. So, there's obviously a lot to unpack here in this story. Where What do you want to start talking about first? (sighs) I... If you don't have something, I have someplace yeah, yeah, let's,
1: let's, let's start where you want to start.
0: I, I, I want to start with the barking aliens. Yeah, bark- I don't know why, but I absolutely love these guys. There's even a few drawings of them out there. I suggest looking them up. Um, I don't. I don't have any good theories on it, but, man, they have just such an interesting kind of description with these, like, pseudo-bulbicides. It's not like the sort of aliens we think about nowadays. These aren't the greys and they're reptilians. not the Palladians. <laughs> or it's, it's not no. any, like, group of aliens I've really heard talk about in modern day. But they're they're kind of unique. They have these kind of weird spacesuits on. And it, it, the, the whole barking as communication thing, it's kind of neat, but at the same time, like... There's not that much nuance in a bark. There's a reason why, you know, full-scale languages don't sound like barking because Mm. you need to express a, like, huge amount of different meanings using a language. Mm. What do you think?
1: I I think that was one of the big reasons about why I I really picked this story as what we were going to talk about today because this is just something that is just so different from other alien abductionist stories that you're used to seeing is, is, is how these things look because i never heard of anything like you said like other I've, I've never heard of another alien that looks like this before
0: Like, even the means by which they get him, it's not like they pull up, hit him with a beam of light, and fire in the skies him up to their ship. Um, It's, like, they... They (laughs) They ran him down! They they, run him down and drug him onto the ship. Like, the only thing similar is, like, with most modern UFO stories, they seem to have a way to make uh, your vehicle stop working, or maybe his tractor just gave out. I'm not really sure. Um, But, like, they they got out and just kind of drug him back to the ship.
1: And and And... That part of the story is always what makes me confused as to one part of the story because he stops becoming concerned.
0: Oh, I think that has something to do with that gel and gas, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of people think that that he was given some sort of like agent to calm him down. But also, I think that one of the things that that, if this is true, what that had to have been was a disinfectant. Like, I think, oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah, I didn't I, think about that. Yeah, that I, I think that either I think the gel must have been a disinfectant or. Again, that's probably one of, going to be one of the first things that you have to do because it's one of the first things they did when they brought them on the ship. Because if you know, think, War of the worlds or any you know any real you know thing about aliens, one of the things that they have to be concerned about is like
0: intergalactic germs or I'm, even like just funguses that grow on yeah. the body and things like that. And the thing is, like, there's there's a reason our disinfectants are in gel form. That's really good at getting into in between like Pore parts of your hands, hands. into your pores, under your fingernails. Like, slathering him up with a gel as a purpose of disinfecting, that makes a lot of sense. And it also would make more sense for, um, for like, a, a sedative or a relaxant to be aerosol-based. Mm-hmm. Like, pillar injection would make more sense based on what we know of. You well, know, they I... couldn't give him a pillar and injection because they greased him up. Yeah, he would have just ran, yeah. ran off. What do what you, you going do, hold him do down? You not, do, you not, <laughs>
1: do, you, do you not remember their first start there? Your, your backpack tip of the episode? Like... <laughs> But He's already covered in something slippery.
0: Like they can't, they can't. Yeah, try they're they're to coming down the hall to give him the shot, and like, oh, do you guys already grease him? Like, yeah. It's like, well, how are we supposed to give him this? Ah, just hit him with the gas. Yeah, their orderlies are already tired. They're like, I'm not going back in there to restrain him. <laughs> <It's> covered, <laughs> it's covered in goo. But yeah, no. That that being a, and I really did not think about that at all. It being a disinfected, but that makes a huge amount of sense. Um, and then like, okay. Let's talk about the description of the, of the lady. Okay. Um, more or less humanoid with um, cat-like eyes. If I remember right, they were blue? Yeah, they were yeah. blue. She has, like, like platinum blonde hair, and she's
1: got, like, her, her... Although they describe her as having, like, armpit hair. Like, her actual, like, body
0: hair that you typically don't dye. Um, and all that is red. And a sharp chin. Mm. Which I, th- I thought was very neat because um, not, not many animals have chins. Mm. Like, we have it for specific reasons. Most people think it's because, um, like, in the early days where we're, um, like, wrapping spear tips or working with leather, it's useful for, w- if you're holding it in your teeth, to pull it. And pe- they've said, like, uh, the remains of um, early man's teeth and stuff. It looked like they were pulling on, like, something with a consistency of leather. And it's just a useful tool. And they think that that's where it came from. I thought it was, like, a biological trait, like, you know, you're just, like, real strong, predominant chins. No, no, it wouldn't be like a... Because that's why gorillas have, like, huge noses, is because, like, having a bigger nose it would help attract females. And eventually got to the point where their nostrils are so big, it's actually <laughs> hindering their breathing, but they're still getting laid, so it works. <laughs> like, uh, might as well. But biology is a crazy mistress. <laughs> she will make you do some weird things sometimes. Like, have... Huge unusable noses, but like I'm trying to think of what would be the advantage of having like a sh- long sharp chin. Like I, that's one of the things I've been thinking about ever since I heard the description, and I can't really think of a good reason. Fighting, like, oh. <laughs> like you're just trying to stab each other with your chins. And it wasn't like usually long and sharp. It was just kind of a. It was described as being kind of feline. Mm. I mean, it could it could just be a
1: it could just be a attractive trait within like for like females of their species.
0: And I'm going to throw something out here and it's probably not going to be like everyone's favorite thing because so much of ufology involves this story of things from other planets coming here for the purposes of breeding. But when it comes down to it, it doesn't make very much sense. Our biology is based on DNA, which is something that light presumably came about, On this planet, if we're going to breed with something, like we'd be more likely to successfully breed with a rose than something that evolved totally separate from us. So unless we have like a similar evolutionary path, which would also mean pretty much everything on this planet does to Mm -hmm. another planet, which maybe it is, there's crazy things out there, maybe that is the case. I just don't really get the mechanism by which an extraterrestrial and a terrestrial based life form would, would be able to produce any sort of offspring. Like I, I think the
1: kind of beings that would be probably interested in, I don't know, breeding with a different species like that would probably not be the kind of people that you would put on a spaceship. Like I'm just thinking about the oh, people yeah. that interbreed with like, you know, <laughs> animals and stuff. <laughs> We're like that, you know, they're going to, it's going to be a no check
0: mark on your astronaut application. <laughs> you know, and one could say, uh, hey, they have huge advanced technology. They can travel the stars and stuff. Um, but then why come here to do that? If they have the biological power to make DNA adhere to non-DNA to create a child, they probably have the power to just biologically engineer the child to be whatever they want. <clears throat> I, I don't know if they, it's that they're not aliens or maybe they, they're just getting their kicks out of it or if there's some sort of totally other thing. My, my thought is either we, sh- we share a similar ancestry to these aliens, or, or there's some sort of sort of artili- art, um, ulterior motive to it. Now, I will, or they're not aliens. I mean, I will counter then with
1: the say, like the reptilian theory that mm-hmm. they're like they're interbreeding with humans to create like these these hybrids or whatever to like rule humanity. Like, like they're trying to like covertly or subvertly like subvert like human society that way.
0: But are you talking about, like, reptilians as being extraterrestrial creatures or terrestrial creatures? Terrestrial creatures. Okay, but that would make sense because they would have terrestrial DNA. Yeah, okay then. It probably wouldn't adhere great if they're reptiles or DNA. would probably be pretty darn different, but at least it would be, like, within the realm of possibility. Because life on another planet probably wouldn't even have DNA, like... It, like DNA works because they fit together kinda like a Lego. <laughs> this is gonna be like sticking a Lego into a wall well, socket and hoping that it works. works. And it's not gonna work. <laughs> it's just you go those oh, actually no, those at home do not try sticking yeah. a Lego into a wall socket. Do not do that. Yeah. I was about to say, we are, we're not, endo-
1: we are not endorsing
0: sticking things into wall <laughs> socket. Like we don't we don't condone that here in one candle society. Oh sorry about all the coughing. I've got a cold right now and it's making me cough like crazy. Um so do you do you believe him? <sighs> There's a lot of interesting stuff here to unpack, um, but I think deep down I do. He's kept his story consistent for a long period of time. He had every reason to change the story. He benefited much more from he would benefit much more from not telling this story than he would benefit from telling it, unless he's very wrapped up with the uh, the identity it gives him or something like that. I just don't know why he would continue to share it because I, I can't imagine this helped his career being a lawyer back in like probably the 60s by the mm-hmm. time he got his um, he got his career started I I, I kind of feel like this this probably is not something that made his life better. I, I have a, a hard time believing that somebody
1: who would go through such a traumatic experience like that, could, could go on to having such a successful career like that. Like, I'm not saying that, 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 people can't have traumatic experiences and go on to do that, but that it, it doesn't affect his life a lot more. Like people that would go through a very, very violent encounter like that. It, I mean, you just,
0: it's not something that I think you can just put to the side. I don't know. Like, that makes a lot of sense in a modern perspective. But you got to remember, different eras, we respond to stresses in very different ways. Like, look at how um, the men and women returning from World War II responded to their experience compared to the uh, men and women involved in Vietnam. Like, you see them adapting to their traumas in totally different ways. Mm. And responding to it in very different ways. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, the zeitgeist of your time. Mm -hmm. So back in the '60s, maybe not. Mm. Um, and
1: and another thing too, like this, like you were talking about, like this guy having uh, like a lot more to lose. Like he really does because this isn't just your typical farmer. This is a a guy in Brazil in the late '50s. He owns a tractor. He's like upper middle class to almost to kind of a rich. I mean, they owned a huge swath of land yeah they, they were not a poor family yeah and, and
0: he you were right they had a lot more to lose uh by him coming forward and telling this story yeah and if i remember right some people were pointing out that he had sold the story to a newspaper at one point but i mean i don't think he was doing that as a means to survive i don't think that really even necessarily negates his story if I'm telling people about this weird experience I have and I'd like to get it out and I find out, oh, hey, I can also make some money on this side if I give it to this newspaper, Yeah, I mean, I would probably, I'd probably take it. I mean,
1: and, and other people too were trying to just try to say that his story sounded similar to other stories at the time. A story similar to this, that appeared in kind of a a, a Brazilian, mag- I don't know if it was a Brazilian magazine or just another magazine at the time. It was like, oh, I wrote the note here, oh... Cruzario, I want to say is how you say it in November of of nineteen fifty seven. So like his encounter would have occurred about a month before this comes out in November. But his story didn't actually start getting popular until like nineteen fifty like fifty eight. Like he didn't come forward till after this. But so they're saying, well, his story sounds similar to this, and it's similar to other people of the time in the area.
0: But to me, that just makes sense. I, I it's not like they're only going to show up. Like okay. Does this sound reasonable? They cross the vast immensity of space to take this one random farmer, do their thing with him and go, oh, we got a one. Let's go home. Yeah, we're done. You know. Like, I would think they'd stick around and probably do this for a while and probably get more of a diverse sample than that one guy we saw out on the tractor. Like, I hear this all the time
1: when people are Giving encounters in the paranormal. Oh, this story sounds like such and such that was t- that already told this story. Oh, this was somebody something else somebody had already said. I'm like, no, this
0: just makes it sound like there's corroborating stories, like that's what this is saying. It's like, I don't think that really devalidates it, it might even somewhat validate it. Yeah, that's like. That's like if there was a serial killer let loose of the city and
1: someone said that they saw it and the police went, no, 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 there's no way. this. These other three people already said they saw it too. It's too, it's too similar to that. There's absolutely no way that this could be the guy. the same guy. Nah, he's just copying this. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the radiation. Yeah, look, let's talk. Look, we could, um, let's, let's absolutely talk about the radiation. So he... Shortly after having the, the, this encounter, he starts developing these these lesions and these headaches that he starts talking about, and that's I think that's one of the things that probably prompted him to to reach out to some people uh, to talk about this stuff. Like, and, and this isn't the first time that we've heard about this, is it?
0: Oh no, like you find stuff like this involved with the Flatwoods Monster and several other cases. It's I mean, if you guys are really interested in
1: in studying UFO stories or like alien alien stories. You you get much more of a uh, education
0: in radiation oh, and yeah. nuclear technology than than you think. Oh man, the 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 knowledge that I've had to learn to talk about things on this channel, like studying how sound moves in water and like the lithosphere and everything involved with that. Man, you you have to cross a few yeah. weird streams. Yeah. I never thought how much I would talk about nuclear politics
1: on this channel when we started. but it, God, he loves talking about politics. I do, politics. I do. When this started, I'm like, oh, this is so cool, I can't wait to talk about this, talk about this, because this is so cool. Um, this is something I think that actually more people uh, don't bring up, I think is a criticism of the story. I'm not saying that, it, that, it, that, it, that the story's not true, but I'm saying this could be a criticism, because most people go, oh, look, he got radiation uh, poisoning from this. Obviously, he
0: must have been exposed to some sort of bizarre radiation. Unfortunately... There are a few explanations that could be very rational outside of that for why it occurred. Like, the Earth itself is radioactive? (laughs) Yep. And the area of Brazil he's in is a radioactive area. Yeah, it's,
1: you know, what most people don't realize is that it it wasn't just, like, the United States, Russia, like, United Kingdom, all these countries that were trying to develop nuclear technology. Tons and tons of countries in the nineteen fifties, starting out trying to develop like nuclear energy uh, uh, research. They 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 were doing this. And fun fact, guess where a lot of the uranium for the Manhattan Project came from? Brazil. If you got that wrong, don't feel bad. I guessed Utah. <laughs> it's not the only place that it came from, but like, but Brazil was importing uranium to the United States to help with the Manhattan Project. And by the by the nineteen fifties, their president was really pushing for Brazil to start its own independent nuclear energy program. They even had, like, in the 60s and 70s, a nuclear energy race with Argentina. And so, like, by the time the 1950s popped up, the, the late 1950s, when this story's coming out, they were trying to build their first, I want to say their nuclear reactor, in Brazil. So it is quite possible he was
0: exposed in some way to radiation in Brazil and farmers do get exposed to radiation from time to time it's something yep. that does happen you're like the dust from it sells in the ground or there's a vein close to service you're out there working the dirt you're outside you you have a higher risk of exposure
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, in Brazil not the best when it comes to safety standards
1: I mean it was like night it was like in the early 1980s they literally had a, a hospital that was abandoned that they just left a radioactive Medical device in there, and people stole it, tried to sell it for scrap, and tons of people got exposed to radiation. What? <laughs> yes, I, yes, didn't, know, I did. didn't know about this. Yes, yes, it did. It it was in, uh, oh gosh, it was in nineteen uh, eighty. It was nineteen eighty seven, and it was in September of nineteen eighty seven. Uh, it's called the. Uh, G- Goyania accident? I can never pronounce that say. Uh, apologies life. to anyone yeah. from Brazil. Yeah, we're not we're not trying to, to mispronounce that. But essentially what happened was there was this hospital that had a, a a like a like a chemotherapy or like a radiation therapy uh device in their hospital. And this hospital was abandoned. And the government just accidentally left it in there and nobody took it. And these dudes broke in and took it to try to sell it for scrap. And when they took it, they broke it open and released all this radiation, this radioactive material to the community. And tons of, like, four people died, tons of people got exposed to radiation. Why are
0: you laughing? That's
1: terrible. I know, I know, I'm sorry. But it's just, it's, this, so this is just to my point that it's not necessarily, it wasn't really the, it's not the the best place to, that had the highest safety standards for this radioactive material that they were handling at the time. Already in, in, in a time when people didn't understand nuclear uh nuclear technology very well but this, this was just evidence that they just weren't so it's very possible that he could have been exposed in some way in some place in the country to radiation
0: but the timing is awfully convenient
1: it is it is and i and i can't 100% say for certain that or point to any particular incidents that would cause him to be exposed by by something natural like that i can't but it's but it is a possibility
0: yeah, we just wanted to throw that out there. I know. But we do see this with other abduction reports and stuff like that, too. So Yeah, and other, and other people find, being exposed to alien craft yep.
1: and getting this uh, and, and this bizarre metal and stuff, getting ex- exposed to this, because I don't think there's any sort of gel that's going to probably protect you from ra- radiation.
0: I, I don't know anything about gel-based <laughs> anti-radiation <laughs> shielding. I I just I make, I maybe it's great I for it. I don't either, you know. I, know, I do know apparently, like, the liquids that you drink to, um, like, protect yourself from radiation poisoning taste apparently horrible. <laughs> okay, so this is around the same time as the Betty and Barney Hill incident. Is this, is this just before it or just after? Just before it. Which makes it really important because everybody points to the Betty and Barney Hill incident as being like the first like abduction.
1: Yeah, I think it's the first widely circulated abduction. Yeah, it's, story. it's the one that got famous. Yeah, that, that that really sparked this off, and this actually came before it was another big reason about why I wanted to do this story, um, and it was and, and why I thought it was a particularly interesting story to talk about. Does this does this match up to a lot of other like abduction stories like post? Like, the, the Hill stories like that that you've heard
0: of? Uh, Well, let's look at the similarities between the Betty and Barney Hill one. Um, in that one, in the Betty and Barney Hill incident, if I recall correctly, um, they had, like, kind of blocked off the road, and they remember getting out and heading towards there. Um, then they went up on the craft. There were some medical procedures focusing on genitalia that went on. And then afterwards, there was another kind of, like, post-all-that-stuff-going-on thing where they kind of Talked and chatted and shared some information and stuff. So like, there are parallels to draw to it that would make them fairly similar. But also, like, there's a lot of things that are very different. Like, <clears throat> the descriptions of the aliens are very different. Um, the way they interacted were f- somewhat different. Um, I would say definitely not the same sort of aliens. Because, like, in the Betty and Barney Hill case, I mean, you're looking at something that's fairly similar to, uh, like, say, a gray. Right. Oh, but something that makes it uniquely different. Um, this guy didn't have to go through any sort of hypnotic um, regression or anything like that to recall his story. He actually recalled it throughout his life with intense clarity.
1: Yeah, a lot of UFO abduction stories uh, involve people having a lot of memory lapses and, and forgetting a lot of stuff. So what do you think? Just different, different types of aliens? It, it, it would have to be. I think, I mean, I think that I find it odd that there are no other reports through the 60s or 70s or 80s or anything after that about these particular types of aliens. That we found. That we found that we know of, you know. But again, a lot of stuff from that time period you don't. You don't hear a lot about them. And that's true. You know, this is before the internet. This is before a lot of the stuff is going on in there. So it, it, it could be very localized to, to to these
0: particular to these particular aliens. So what what is it about Earth that makes us like the hotbed to stop over and do this sort of stuff?
1: We can't yeah. we can't really leave far far very far from our planet.
0: And may, maybe that's it. Maybe we're kind of a vulnerable society at this point, and we're easy to kind of come and do what you need to. Or maybe it's something else. Maybe, like, all this stuff seems to have to do with, like, genetics. Maybe we have something, like, unique in our genetic code or something. Maybe this
1: is why NASA's buying us all rifles.
0: <laughs> for this particular reason. I mean, maybe it has to do with, like, we're still at a point where we haven't sterilized our society and stuff. So we're exposed to more things like germs. Maybe we have stronger resistances. What? Uh, what? Well, you're giving me a look.
1: I really hope we're not, like, just... The intergalactic farm animal.
0: Well, we we might
1: be man. I, we, 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 we might that, be. That, I'm really just that thought just crossed my mind. I'm like, this is just this is just so bad. We're just like the cows that people see on the side of the road. <laughs> like I know a lot of times what like we think of just of aliens as these like just super smart, intelligent beings that have these whims. And in reality, they could just be their version of a dude driving by in a broke down pickup truck that just goes, "That looks cute." Uh, <laughs> I, I
0: mean, I mean, really. I mean, it just. It, it, uh, I, I'm really hoping that's not the case. I, I don't know. This, they're, they always come in groups. It makes me think that some sort of, like, funded and sanctioned program. Oh god, it could be just a group of weirdos <laughs> pulling around in pickup trucks, Oh. <laughs> Why do you think, like, okay, just kind of going back to the comparison of the Betty and Barney Hill incident to this one and then looking at it from the perspective of now. The aliens that, like, Betty and Barney Hill saw, we're still seeing something very similar to that, slightly different. Um, <clears throat> their description was a little different than the, the, what we'd call the modern gray. Mm-hmm. But his, nothing like it. Like, did, did they win exclusive rights to this being their breeding ground. and there's been rumors of, you know, I the mean, state making deals with them. I mean if if you really want to
1: think about it, think of it in terms of like Native Americans and uh and the colonialists when they when they got here. Yeah. You're the Native Americans, you can't you don't you're not really leaving the land from where you're at and you're dealing with one type of colonial and then they the colonials have some sort of political thing go down some oh, war yeah, and then yeah. now all of a sudden you're being exposed to different ones like
0: where if we at one point they're dealing with french and yeah. dutch and english and a ton of other things and then they're suddenly just dealing with english, english yeah and then they're just dealing with you know americans which are kind of like english yeah so may, maybe maybe something like that maybe there's some sort of space for, oh god we're this isn't this isn't bold well for us if we're you know spain when they're there <laughs> ransacking it for gold <laughs> I'm just really hoping this isn't the analogy because I, I, that story doesn't end well. <laughs> it, it it doesn't. It
1: doesn't for us. But then again, we've said it many times that if aliens were really here, it's probably not for humanity's best interest in any way.
0: I, I would um, say, yeah, that, that's I mean, by right.
1: And again, maybe again, more reason about why NASA's buying semi-assault rifles. What, do you really think they're going to stop them
0: with assault rifles? I think they're going to do their best. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if that would really work. Like, there's not know. a whole lot of stories about people going after aliens with assault rifles, I and mean, i guess there's like the dulcie story which I, i'm not gonna lie i'm familiar with it but i haven't like studied it like really well the day
1: i will stop panicking is the day that we have the star trek phaser <laughs> that can vaporize somebody okay then i will start feeling
0: maybe a little bit more comfortable that, that is like the most inconsistent weapon on what it does. I know it either stuns you, kills you, or vaporizes you. No, there's that one episode where they <laughs> shoot someone and just his head explodes. They don't, <laughs> they don't even shoot him in the head, if I remember right. I'm like, what, what, what's going on here? It, was it said to decapitate? I mean, we're already, we're already
1: seeing like people creating their own versions of lightsabers, so we're kind of we're kind of getting there. I want a lightsaber. I want a lightsaber too, probably for different reasons. I do. I sit at home all day long worrying about the men in black coming to get me, aliens coming to get me,
0: cults coming to get me, owls coming to get me. Oh, you, and he's not hes not kidding. He's called me up a few times, worried that there's a cult, like, outside his house because some kid in a hoodie walked by. I'm just saying. It, it was a kid. He was wearing an all-black hoodie. It was pulled up. I couldn't see
1: his face. And I, I he may have had his friends tubed up there. I'm not sure.
0: Have you noticed, like, almost every community, when you dig through their folklore far enough... There's rumors about people in black hooded robes. That's just weird. Yeah, no, like, a, a, a lot of places will have rumors of, oh, there's these weirdos out there. And, and when they give a description, it's always they're in black hooded robes. It makes me wonder if there's really a secret cult kind of skulking around in black hooded robes. And they're organized enough to have a specific identity. Or people just aren't creative enough to come up with I, some sort of other outfit. May, maybe they all concluded, concluded mean, black hooded robes is the way to go. But... I mean, black is slimming, it's
1: scary, it's <laughs> ominous, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a of little bit of, you know, respect to it, but, but having hook
0: you know. I, know yeah. I was watching the second season of Helliard, which Helliard is Son we're going to talk about in the extended portion for our Patreon. Oh, yes. And they're talking about, like, um, like these stories they're finding different communities about people in black hooded robes. I'm like, yeah, there are stories about that in my community too. And, like, there are stories about that that I've heard in other places as well. And, like, why is it always just black hooded robes? I think people just, like, first off are absolutely terrified of
1: witches and, yeah. and it probably it also probably dates back back to the
0: 80s with the mass satanism scare across the yeah i was actually United wondering States. if it has States. something to do with uh the satanism scare or maybe just it's a uh youngian sort of archetype that's just in our head where yeah. if we imagine what the cult would be like they're always in black hooded robes or there's actually a cult out there that has a unified identity involving black hooded robes. And
1: I think Vic is also forgetting the guy on our uh, YouTube banner is actually a
0: guy in a black robe. No, no, no. That's a black duster. Oh, okay. Duster's good. That, that's what that's what the people who hunt monsters wear. <laughs> robe. Uh, I'm not saying all cultists are bad. But if you're a bad cultist, you're bad. Stay away from my house.
1: <laughs>
0: not taking any chances. If you're a cultist out there in a black hooded robe, we would love to talk to you because we have some questions. Via Skype, not in person. (laughs) Let's set that up now. Just show up to Marcus's house. I'm sure your shady connections can figure out where it is. That's it. It's through the mail now. It's through the mail. (laughs) We're doing it through snail mail. We're doing it through correspondence. But no, seriously, seriously shoot us an email if you know what's going on here. Okay, I'll compromise to that. Oh, yeah.
1: oh, I thought we were still talking about the guys in the robes. Okay. Oh, I am. Oh, okay. Again, I'll compromise to an email. That's fine. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs>
0: it's got me freaked out. Okay. Is there anything more that we're wanting to get into on um, the Brazil case? I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head more that
1: I really want to talk about for that. So... Yeah, I think this would be a. I think this would be a good time, probably, to get into our uh, review of Hellier.
0: Okay, yeah. For those of you who are just watching that are not Patreons, thank you so much for listening in. But as always, keep believing, because we'll keep listening. So Hellier, uh, for those of you guys who aren't familiar with it, it's a documentary following a group of. Um, Paranormal investigators who are investigating, uh, like, the Hopkinsville goblins and things like that, but in a different town called Helliard, which sounds really awesome. And when I first heard about this, I heard about it on Mysterious Universe with Benjamin Wright and Aaron Grundy, one of my favorite podcasts, if you don't listen to them. You should listen to them after, you know, listening to us. But um, I heard about them talking about the first three episodes that were sent to them, and it sounded amazing, and I got very into it and started watching it. And we should talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of Helliard.
1: <laughs> and I heard about it through Vic because he said, he goes, Marcus, you've got to watch it. You've got to
0: watch it. you got to watch this. And I, so I he keep t- in mind, when I had given the, um, when I had recommended it, I had only seen the first three episodes. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I started it. And I'm like, whoa, this is like really cool. You know, I started, you
1: know, and it, it follows these paranormal investigators, Greg Newkirk and Dana Matthews and their paranormal group. And they're typically ghost hunters, and that's normally what they. I think they had primarily done before, and now they're turned on to investigating the uh, Hopkinsville goblin story, like which is a great cryptid story. It is.
0: We've done a we You know, we've looked into them too. We got a video of them up on YouTube too. And I've heard isolated reports of there being goblin-like creatures in the area. But. And it, it gets weird so it starts
1: really really cool it starts like most documentaries do greg's talking about how you know they're normally they're looking at ghosts